On a planet on the edge of the solar system, two boys encounter a knife-nosed space shark and a pair of cool space girls. It's Gamera versus Guiron. I honestly, I'm not sure what it is because <laughs> I always said it was Gamera versus Giron. I thought it was Giron too. I did, but I, I watched the dubbed and the sub version. I watched the sub version and then I watched the dub version, the Titan English dub to go back and, and, and rewatch a couple scenes and they yeah. called him Guiron. So. Uh, well, that fills me with Gui. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're still trying to stay alive here at the bargain basement of the Kaiju Podcasting Airwaves. Mm-hmm. I'm Floor Bella, and with me today, my counterpart, Barbella. And let me just say, watch out, because on our podcast, Alex, useless members die. <laughs> that moment, that poor that oh. poor lady. I mean, the chair just barely fell on her, and she was uh. dead. <laughs> It must be a weakness of their race, Crypt, something like that. Kryptonite to chairs. I, yeah. I like that you made me Barbella, the one that dies. Thanks, oh. Eric. Yeah, that's what happens, man. Whenever well, I guess they both get it, huh? But they both get it, yeah. My favorite. Florbella does kill Barbella. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that right before Florbella shoots Barbella and kills her, that the chair that is crushing her just rolls off the back of her legs. Yeah. <laughs> right before... <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome oh, it's great it is great <laughs> well alex uh we won't take very long today to get into our discussion because we have a pretty awesome guest on the podcast today mm-hmm. we have matt freaking frank on the podcast <laughs> uh who's joining us you if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know who matt frank is so we don't have to spend a ton of time introducing him, uh, and we'll let him introduce himself here in just a few minutes. Mm. But I'm excited about the interview, Alex. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Now, do you think Freakin' is his actual middle name or not? It is his middle name. <laughs> uh, when I asked him about it, he said, yeah, my mom just really liked the word freak. So I got it. <laughs> So Matt freaking Frank, he's on the podcast, and I am excited to hear from him. All right. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is going to be a fun one. But without further ado, Alex, let's jump right in to Gamera versus Gi slash Gui Ron. <laughs> All right, yeah, break it down for us. <laughs> With the same budget as his predecessor, Gamera versus Giron reuses some sets while using less stock footage. We also have the return of Masao and Jim. No, wait, it's Akio and Tom to steer the plot and help save the day. But my question to you is this, Alex. Does Gamera versus Giron jump the shark, or does it just hit the mark? You know, I don't know whether it's expectations or what, because everyone said after the third movie this series really takes a nosedive, but I think this one actually hits the mark. <laughs> like More so right. than even last week's. Uh but first, I do want to mention that how insulting it was that you just said Masao and Jim were the same as Akio and Tom. 
Akio and Tom are way dumber than the previous. Agree, agree. I agree with you. I agree a hundred percent. I do. I do. But, but they're just as fun in some other ways, and I, yeah. and I think that's what this film really succeeds in being is fun, which really seems to be the name of the game for Showa era Gamera because it doesn't have much else going on. <laughs> no, it's true. So I I think this film jumps the shark and hits the mark at the same time, if that's possible, (laughs) because really what is the mark in these films, Alex? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But you know, this film, it actually does remind me a lot of Gamera versus Virus from last week. And although I think Masao and Jim were the better characters, I think the overall story and execution is actually better in this film. Uh, So I'm right there with you. Everything to me is turned up just a degree, right? So in this film, kids don't steer mini submarines. They steer alien spaceships. (laughs) Aliens don't just want to control kids. Now they want to eat kids. And monsters don't just (laughs) chop off humanoid heads. They chop off kaiju heads. So this is like Gamera versus Virus turned up to 11. Yeah. (laughs) Now, there's definitely some stock footage, but less stock footage than last week. Alex, did you cheat this time? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I didn't skip through it this time. Not, well, not much, at least, because by the time <laughs> I decided to fast forward, the stock footage was over. Plus, yeah. they gave some comments during the footage. Our glorious Florbella and Barbella actually mm-hmm. had some commentary rather than just static footage with no <laughs> no dialogue during it. So it was worth listening to at the very least. Now. The good news is, is that this movie felt much more unique and fun than even the previous film, which was pretty fun already. And I really like that, especially the two sisters who we just, I keep saying Barbella and Florbella. They are really fun and much more interesting personality wise than, mm-hmm. and again, personality wise than just about any of the aliens we've seen on the podcast so far. They're really interesting. I really, I really like them. Now, looks wise, I think I like the Zillions better from Monster Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and while I don't quite like our duo uh, of Akio and I almost called him Tom. Tom. Is it Tom? Oh my god! All these, yeah, all these white kids <laughs> blend together. Jim um, and Tom. That's what I was saying, man. I told you. <laughs> um, but while. I think the show really goes to them because they really do make this film fun. Like they're, <laughs> I'm really blown away, blown away by their tenacity for being some mm-hmm. of the dumbest, maybe realistic. I don't actually think that's the case <laughs> with dumbest kids mm-hmm. in a movie that I think I've ever seen. <laughs> like <laughs> I've never seen kids consistently, and I mean consistently have no understanding of what's happening around them. Not only that, they constantly just walk into trouble and cause problems. <laughs> like yeah. they, they're magnets for it. But they the thing is it, it's it's avoidable chaos and they just keep walking into it. <laughs> which right. I really like. Like it, it it's both enraging and endearing to like this hilarious yeah. extent that that really makes the film kind of fun. 
No, it is fun. It is fun. And I'm with you on the stock footage, actually. This film uses stock footage uh, in a more effective way than Gamera versus Virus. Mm-hmm. There's actually a point, right? right? It's using the stock footage to show example examples of how Gamera is a friend to children. And it does have that narr- narration, as you said. <laughs> and I, I'm with you. Like, I don't think Akio and Tom are as dynamic as the duo from the last film. But they're fun, right? And yeah, in their mistakes, that's kind of what drives the story forward. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the other characters here were better in their roles this week, especially you mentioned them, Alex, the quote, cool space girls <laughs> who, despite being called cannibals, I don't think we can really classify them as cannibals, can we? No, they're not hating they themselves. Are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we have Giron slash Guiron, who I think is a mix between a shark and a ninja and a sushi chef. Is that an okay classification? Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that that is the scientific classification, actually. I think so. Uh, so. You now, Giron is actually really rad in my eyes. Actually, I know a lot of people don't like him. Uh, I really like this monster. I think he's really cool. <laughs> and I, I'm totally digging him from the, mem- the moment he walks on screen through the ground and just pokes his little knifey head up. And mm-hmm. I also like that he's very quickly displayed to be this force to be reckoned with. And he really puts on a show with Space Gauss, who is totally just a Gauss costume from two movies ago with mm-hmm. silver spray paint on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I like I like that he quickly dispatches him and then proceeds to just chop him up into tiny little pieces. Oh, man. <laughs> It's cruel. It's cruel. It's really awesome. It's mean. It's mean. <laughs> That's after that awesome laugh that he has, which I did not see that oh, coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that actually, that laugh actually threw me off that he was being a remote control because I thought he was like mean mm. on his own, but it turns out he's actually controlled a bit. But uh, <laughs> I actually like him a lot. I actually like him a lot better than Gamera in this film because I think Gamera is pretty lame, actually. And I think Gamera... That's a, that's a consistency for you throughout the series. Gamera is lame. Uh, I liked Gamera a lot in Gauss. Thank you very much, okay. sir. All right. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? He wasn't bad in the last one either, but whatever. But anyway, so frankly, <laughs> I think Gamera almost drags down the third act a little bit. Uh, because, mm-hmm. but it's not just him. The battle is pretty lame. It, there, there's, there's not much happening between him and, and Giron, really. It's just a, a series of him getting wounded, struggling, going to hide or something, and then coming back. It, it's really not that interesting, and it, it just goes on for too long. But overall, I like a lot of the other things about this. I like the set of the frozen planet. It's perfect for saving a budget and also looking pretty cool. And I think it was really smart to make gear on this glorified guard dog with ninja stars for some reason that seemed to <laughs> at will or sometimes not always consistently through the film defy physics and they could return to him. Other times they don't mm-hmm. return to him. So <laughs> it's a, see, I thought, it was something that he was just probably generating with energy from his body, and they're only ready at certain points, uh, and then he had to recharge. That's maybe. my scientific theory. Well, Alex. you did get that scientific classification correct earlier, so I did. You are the exactly. resident Giron scientist. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
I do think that this uh, film is actually a lot of fun, even though I do think Gamera is a little too wimpy in this one. I'm with you there on that final battle. Uh, I do think the last third of this movie drags a little bit. Uh, and I'm with you on the final battle. I think the Gamera versus Vera's final battle might have been better. And mm-hmm. it raises the question, who wins in a battle, Virus or Giron? Ooh, Alex? I think I think I think Giron beats Virus. Is it the long range attack uh, with the ninja stars? No, it, it's just that knife head. He just he, he dude. He's made for sushi. This Giron is made to chop up sushi. <laughs> made to chop up squid. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, in this film, one thing I do think it has over Virus is it. I do think there's a point, and I do think. Uh, there's a message here. And to me, I think it's kind of this relationship between imagination and reality between kids and adults. And for a few seconds in this film, I thought it might end up being one of those movies where it was all actually in the kid's imagination. Um, Like the kids arrive back, you know, and then the adults find them. And you're not quite sure whether or not this actually happened or didn't. Mm -hmm. But that's not what Yuasa was wanting to, to communicate. For me, I think Yuasa, he probably relates the most to Officer Kondo, who ends up believing the kids, taking the kids seriously. Like like when Akio shaves his head, uh, Kondo thinks it's in penance for his actions, yes, right? right? Or has his, his head shaved. And, you know, he just takes these kids seriously. But then he ends up finding the fact that Alien shaved it. That was just a little too ridiculous right. for Kondo, right? Uh <laughs> I think he also probably views himself a little bit in that role, right? He wants to um, believe in kids in some way. And and to me, someone that does this really well is, is Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki, he makes some of the best kid films because they take matters of imagination seriously and blend those with reality, making the kids really the drivers of the emotional side of the story. Now, I don't think Gamera versus Giron is reaching Miyazaki heights. I was hoping that, that's not the case. I was hoping that was the comparison you're going to make. I was like, "Oh boy, I can't wait to." <laughs> that's not quite the case here, Alex. But but I think Yuasa is going for something similar. Uh, I think the difference between you know maybe a Miyazaki masterpiece and this film, well, it takes the kids' imagination seriously um, and blends it with reality. The adults aren't necessarily serious characters. Mm. Um, And that's one thing that I think Miyazaki does in his film is he has these serious characters as adults um, that kind of bump up against their kid counterparts, but both sides are interesting here. The kids are definitely more interesting than the adults (laughs) for sure. For sure. And the, the adults are just some of the worst parents I've ever seen in my life. Uh, (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, interesting, Eric. I never thought I would hear a Miyazaki comparison to this movie, but you've done, you've gone and done it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it, and I may regret it. I may regret it. Yeah, I think it. so. Yeah. Well, you know, I you know <laughs> we didn't mention it, but one my I think one of my favorite moments of this movie was when they the kids remove the controls for the teleportation device. And you keep getting those lo- those uh, those wide shots of the entire area, and you just see the aliens going all the way around around oh, yeah. the mechanism just to get all the way back to them. And it, it's so funny. <laughs> I really like that for sure. 
yeah, it, it had several moments I liked like that. But before we get on to our interview, we've got another announcement. You may have heard of it. Yes. MVM Plus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, so tell me more. So before Matt comes on. <laughs> all right, Eric, I'm going to sell it to you. So don't forget, MVM Plus is our weekly bonus podcast where we talk about a little bit of anything and everything in a much more relaxed fashion because we're too uptight here. We're, I think our audience knows that we're the uptight podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're so uptight. <laughs> so, last week, we discussed our top five original Ultraman episodes with Matt and Michael. And this week, we're discussing our first celebrity crushes, <laughs> the Ultraman anime series. And Ooh. some surprise reality TV show Eric has been watching that he has not told me about. And he told me it is not Survivor. So I'm not happy about Ooh. that. So for $2 a month, you can get access to all of that and more over at patreon.com slash mvmpod. That's spicy. Yeah, it, That's spicy. 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 And Eric, for $5, you can get everything mm-hmm. a week early. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's on yeah. fire. That's on fire. <laughs> but, you know, we have one other guest that we need on before we can have Matt freaking Frank on Alex. Oh yeah. And it's it's the theometer. Welcome back to the Theometer this week. Seven, 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 seven. What? Are you are you singing the Ultraman Seven song? Ultra yes. Seven? Yes. This is pretty catchy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but this week we're not watching Ultra Seven. Mama. Do you know what we're watching? Gamera versus Giron. Can you say Gamera versus Giron? Gamera versus Giron. Good. It's better than I can do. All right. Now, as we watch this, I, I need to warn you before we get started, it's going to be a little messy. Seven, seven, seven. Seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Let's get started. Who's knife this guy? Knifehead? That's what you think of Giron as Knifehead? Mm-hmm. Oh, what did he just do? Oh my gosh, he sliced almost the whole body off. Well, he sliced the... Oh, man. What's he going to do? Oh, no. It's head. Oh, no. What color blood is it? P- purple. Purple? What's Giron going to do next? <coughs> no, right here, what's he doing? It's was in the guts. You're slicing them up? Is he going to eat them? Other slice in the guts. Ooh, slicing the guts. Is he going to eat them? No. Why not, he, do you think? His mouth is too small to eat yummy food. Well, that could be the case. That honestly could be the case. Now, tell me, Theo, on your Theo scale of scary... One. You didn't even let me finish the question. <laughs> just one. Giron is only a one? What What could make Giron more scary? Okay. Bombs on his head? Bombs what? on his head. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and scary dark pur- purple knives... And the Dark. whole bo- and the whole body is is like green. The whole body's like, green. And like purple knives, bombs on his head. Uh huh. And like and a brown knife. Brown a brown knife. Yeah. Okay. I've well, seen this before. I I will take your word for it. I'll take your word for it yeah. for the brown knives, purple knives green body uh, and bombs on the head. And don't forget, actually, the red, the red tail. Red tail. Okay. That would be a pretty scary monster. But this has been I'll another... I'd say that one to be actually a 40. That would be a 40? Uh, if it was like yours? 
Okay, yeah. got it. Welcome back to... Welcome back. <laughs> this has been another yeah. Theometer this Let's week. Seven, 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 seven. Well, we are beyond excited today to welcome in one of our first, it may be our first artist to the podcast, and we couldn't ask for a bigger artist in the Godzilla community than Matt freaking Frank. <laughs> I'm sure many <laughs> listeners are already familiar with your Godzilla work, Matt. So today we're really jumping primarily into Gamera, starting with the Arrow box set. But before we get there, thanks again for joining us. Um, now, we have some listeners that aren't immersed in this fandom. So why don't you give just a brief introduction of yourself? Well, uh, first of all, I just, you know, you're making me blush with that intro. That's, uh, <laughs> I could not have asked for a nicer one. Um, and I think my wife would have written me a nicer one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, uh, so for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a comic book artist and illustrator. Um, primarily I work in the, I like to call it the, <laughs> just to be an extra obnoxious, uh, hipster, artsy fartsy, uh, <laughs> jerk. Uh, I like to call it the medium of Kaiju Kaiju okay. as a medium oh. Kaiju as a genre, <laughs> but I, I do other stuff too, but yeah. So most of what I've done in my career is comic book art. Uh, people would primarily know me from the Godzilla comics from IDW publishing, uh, including Godzilla legends. I did a bunch of covers for Godzilla kingdom of monsters and history's greatest monster. Uh, I've done several other covers, but the big thing I'm known for is Godzilla rulers of earth, which is the longest running Godzilla comic ever published. Mm. And outside of uh, that, yeah, uh, we beat yeah. Marvel by one issue. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's that's a, a series I read during the actual run. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. I, I we were we were very proud of it. Um, and let me think for a second. Uh, if we're, I'm going through the Rolodex of my career in my head, um, I worked a fair bit on Transformers. I've uh, worked on. I did a I did an exclusive American poster for Shin Godzilla in 2017. Uh, I've worked a little bit on Power Rangers comics. I uh, I, I work a lot with Superia Productions, which is the company that owns Ultraman. So I've done a fair bit with them. And yeah, um, aside from the big old freaking Gamera set, but like you said, we're going to get into that <laughs> later. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, there's obviously other rabbit holes I could go down, but that's my, those are my big ones. So, so you've done a little bit. <laughs> a pinch, a smidge, a scotch, one might say. <laughs> that that is awesome, man. That really is. Um, but yeah, we're we're in the middle of our Gamera series here on the podcast, uh, so we want to talk about this Arrow box set that's soon to be released on August 18th. I'm curious, just how you got involved with this project, and maybe even taking it a step further back. What what sparked your interest in Gamera in the first place? Well, um, I, what I will do is I will definitely tell you the, the genesis of my own Gamera knowledge because I was a kid in the early 90s. And so our primary uh, kids my age, uh, our primary exposure to kaiju media was going to Blockbuster or one of the other video rental shops and, mm -hmm. and just hoping, just hoping and praying that we find something, uh, because at the time, you know, there wasn't really any internet or there wasn't any comprehensive lists or anything. So a lot of us had no idea how many Godzilla movies there were, how many Gamera movies there were or whatever. We just had to hope that we could find some stuff or hope that Joe Bob Briggs was showing something on monster vision. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, right. 
Yeah. So uh, for me, though, I got I remember I was at a video store in San Antonio, Texas, which is where I'm from. And my parents bought me a VHS of Legend of the Dinosaurs, which is a 70s uh, Jaws ripoff from Japan, (laughs) where instead of a shark uh, 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 attacking a beach, it's about a plesiosaur in one of the lakes surrounding Mount Fuji, which is actually a really interesting premise. It's just not a terribly good movie. Um, and it's also not for kids. It was a, it was shockingly violent. Um, and I was maybe seven, eight. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a movie like that uh, growing up as well with dinosaurs. And it had people getting gored by triceratops, being eaten alive like by, by a T-Rex. It's horrific, and it was like the best part of my childhood. Yeah, hey, that's called that's called Jurassic Park, Alex. No, oh. <laughs> it was before. before. I was gonna say that sounds like Planet of the Dinosaurs or something like that. I like, think it may have been. God, that movie sucks. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hey, but great. I mean, good nostalgic trip though. Um, but yeah, uh, same thing with Legend of the Dinosaurs. You know, very nostalgic for me, especially that super jazzy soundtrack. But the big thing that I remembered from it was at the end of the VHS there was a. Uh, a, a little trailer reel that this kid in Freddy Krueger claws who looked vaguely like uh, um, Fred Savage was like, uh, it's like, I'll show you a world full of monsters. And then they played a bunch of trailers of different Gamera movies. And I'm like, who's this turtle? Who's the turtle that can fly? <laughs> and, and after that point, I was like, I was rapidly searching for Gamera movies. And then lo and behold, my first Gamera movie I ever saw was Gamera versus Juron that I found oh. at yeah that I found it on VHS for rental um, uh, while I was visiting some cousins for a little out of town uh, vacation and I made them watch it like seven times with me um, <laughs> but uh, to, not to uh, I know I've been rambling for a while here but uh, 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 with regards to the Gamera set specifically um, Arrow of specifically James Flower from Arrow Video was just he had been given the task of producing this box set and he was literally just googling Gamera stuff in order to become familiar with the franchise because he takes his Uh job uh very seriously and he became a Gamera fan pretty much overnight after he got this after this was basically this job was plopped onto his desk and through his googling he just found my work and Mm -hmm. was like oh man this guy knows his way around a lizard. Let's see what he can do with a turtle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, he he was very kind to reach out to me. I said, yes, faster. I like, I don't know if you can scream yes loud enough for them to hear you in the UK, but that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I, and that set, it really has some beautiful artwork. I like how Arrow rolled it out over Twitter over a over a couple of weeks and slowly unveiled that, that awesome artwork you did for each movie. And, you know, I, I know you did the, the Gamera fan comic, the last hope who, which we talked with Josh Bagosh about last week for, and it's going to be part of the box set. But I want to know, like from your perspective, what was your inspiration for the comic and how did it come to life? Uh, honestly, it was a comic made uh, out of, out of forty percent frustration, twenty percent spite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I'll give you the short version. It was 2015, which was the year I turned thirty years old, and the year that Gamera turned uh, fifty. 
and mm-hmm. uh and and you know i have such a huge soft spot for the character especially the 90s trilogy and mm-hmm. i remember being so frustrated because there was no at the time there was no 50th anniversary anything the closest thing was the monster arts figure of gamera 1997 and of course later in the year uh Katokawa would show off a sort of a proof of concept teaser trailer sort of short almost like a short film that they made specifically for Gamera's 50th anniversary uh but that wasn't until like October or November uh and I was basically like like I said out of frustration and spite I wanted to make my own tribute to Gamera so I wanted to make this doujinshi this fan comic kind of digging into and I, I remember this so clearly I was sitting with my wife in one of our favorite Mexican food restaurants and I was just ping-ponging ideas off of her like well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And she's like, yeah, that's really good. And no, that's lame. Get away from me. And (laughs) (laughs) no, she was a huge, she was a huge help in formulating the whole, the vision. Cause I wanted it to be this, um, be an origin story. But the one thing I want to make clear to people is it's not the definitive origin story for Gamera. This is just, it's, it's kind of like, do y'all remember that Beowulf movie, that all CGI Beowulf movie? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, even though it's a very silly, not great movie, I do have a bit of a soft spot for it. And it might just be because Beowulf looks like my, looks like my dad. And um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, literally. Um, and uh, one thing that I thought was actually kind of neat about that movie is that there's a point where a character, like a, a storyteller in their big mead hall is telling the legend of Beowulf. And he's actually like quoting it verbatim in old English from mm-hmm. uh, what we, what, what we all read in uh, uh, like junior high and stuff. Right. Um, so that to me was a, such a, is a really interesting take of like, how much of this is legend, how much of this is fact and how much of this is misinterpretation. Um, uh, that's why, that's why I asked Josh to write it in a, in an epic poem style. And he, I think he really nailed it. Yeah, wow. Well, we, we consider it canon here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 as a quick uh, aside, the frustrating thing for me is later I, I, I heard from someone who had translated some Japanese material, a much, much more interesting origin story for Gamera. <laughs> um, <laughs> and based on some Japanese texts, on some basically on some uh, some theories and or interviews published in Japanese magazines and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's so much better. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's, that's why funny. I'm like, I'm like, it's canon with a grain of salt. Well, I think uh, Josh last week told us that Katakawa considers the Last Hope canonical to the trilogy. Yeah. So uh, whatever, for where that's for, that's according to one website. <laughs> no, that's uh, I, I I'd be very flattered if that was the case. It's so uh, technically what they probably would consider it most canon to is the Dark Horse Gamera comic oh, uh, mm-hmm. because. It was originally released. So originally, I was gonna I was gonna release it just as a fan comic, just sell it at G Fest or whatever. But uh, my publisher in Japan, uh, uh, Andrew Hall over at Phase Six, he was so impressed with the comic and, and how it was coming out. He said, "Well, Matt, let's see if we can get the Gamera license to just make it official." 
That way you're not essentially wasting a really good idea on this fan thing that you can't really distribute properly. <laughs> and I was like, well, if you can get it, then it's all yours. And he got it. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah. And so they released the Japanese version of the Dark Horse Gamera comic for the first time in Japan. And they included The Last Hope as sort of a backup special bonus origin story. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and through this long convoluted series of emails, we managed to uh, get Arrow to... Arrow managed to get it included in the upcoming box set, along with the Dark Horse book, which I was flabbergasted they did that i was like whoa that's so dope so yeah yeah that's awesome we we've mentioned your artwork and we've mentioned the last hope um but i know you've done other things for this box set set as well so what else should fans be looking forward to uh in this box set well i i I have to say the one of the big things well first of all i didn't know this uh so this past weekend was kaiju con line which was the sort of the Mm -hmm. the virtual alternative to g-fest and uh, which was, of course, sadly canceled. And we all had to do something in order to start the healing process. Mm-hmm. But and we all had a great time. It was actually a tremendous success. But uh, in our interview, I did an interview with um, with James Flower, the producer over at, at Arrow. I didn't really know this or rather I had not internalized this until the, that that panel we did. I'm apparently a, a, an associate producer on the box oh. now because <laughs> I didn't just do the artwork. I, I put, I put arrow in touch with like 90% of the people who worked on the set. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 which I was happy to do because I been like, I'm like thinking like, Oh man, we can make the set really something special. So I started reaching out to all these people. I knew I reached out to Kyle. I reached out to uh, Steve, a uh, rifle and Ed Gatschewski. I reached out to Richard Pusateri, I reached out to Ed Holland and I got them all involved. And uh, then I, of course, did my own commentary track uh, for Gamera Guardian of the Universe, uh, which I got to be honest, commentaries, a professional commentary is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. <laughs> uh, I would imagine. Oh, God. It's just <laughs> you have to do so much research. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. And I'm just I'm exhausted just thinking about it. How long do you think it took you to get that commentary down? I can tell you exactly. It took me four months. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I started writing the stupid thing uh, late last year uh, because I had... I was, I was fortunate that this, the, the set actually got delayed a couple times because I went to, uh, I went to Japan uh, in last November. And at the time, I realized, like, oh, man, if I really want to do this box set right... I need to do some interviews. I need to interview some people. And I was very lucky that I was able to interview guys like um, Shinji Higuchi, uh, Tomo Haraguchi. Uh, for those who don't know, Higuchi was the director of special effects on the Gamera trilogy. And then he he went on to work on Shin Godzilla. And now he's directing Shin Ultraman. Um, <laughs> as well as Tomo Haraguchi, who created the monster suits for Guardian of the Universe. And... Oh. A couple other folks that I managed to get interviews with. And then when I got home to record the the commentary track, I realized, oh, no. <laughs> this The amount of material I have is maybe good for a total of 10 minutes. Because, oh, no. <laughs> because you have to constantly be talking. You have to keep right. coming up with stuff to talk about. <laughs> so, but I, God help me, I got, this, I got it done. 
I got it done. It took a global pandemic for me to finish it, but I did. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, real quick, Matt, like moving away a little bit from the box set and from Gamera, when, when I talk to an artist, I'm always curious about their own art history. Mm. Did, did your parents instill a love for art in you? And was this always a part of you? Man, I have to, I'm just like sitting here being like, <laughs> uh, just like <laughs> snorting through my nose. Uh, but I don't want to be mean. Um, the short answer is no. Uh, the, <laughs> it's not that they weren't, they aren't supportive. It's just that, man, they, they did not get it for a long time. They did not get it. They were like, you're doing what? And, mm. uh, and a couple times, um, they were purely out of love, purely out of love and concern. They were kind of like, maybe you should try something else or, you know, mm. maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. But I just, I just got real stubborn about it and just stuck with it. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't really have that luxury. So I do consider myself fortunate enough that they knew when to step aside and kind of yeah. let mm. me do my thing. <laughs> And you know they're, they're you know they're they're very proud of me now, and they're they're like I said they're super supportive. Just like I said at the time, they didn't really they didn't really get it. <laughs> so, Matt, before we get into it, mm-hmm. what 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 was it that got you into your love of monsters? I I mean the way I usually describe it is the same way I think it works for a lot of of monster kids is you you, you discover dinosaurs first and. Mm they're like real life monsters. You know, they're, they're these living, breathing things that were just the coolest things ever walked the planet and they were real. And then you, you see a movie about a giant dinosaur who's breathing fire and destroying a major metropolitan city. And you're like, (laughs) I didn't know I needed this crack cocaine in my life. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I got Godzilla now. I don't need a T-Rex. Well, (laughs) I still love my T-Rex, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's all, they're all part of the same, uh, the same, it's all part of the same goulage. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, Matt, I think we're done grilling you. Let's get in. Let's get into Gamera versus Gearon. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts and opinions of the movie before we really dig into this thing? Oh boy. Oh boy. So <laughs> there's a reason why the primary version of this film I have uh, seen, aside from the VHS when I was a kid, is the MST3K version. Ah. Mm-hmm. I, that movie is so ripe for comedy. Yes. Because it's just so... And you can't fault it for not, you can't, you can't say it's not imaginative or creative. Right. Right. It is nothing if not just a, a roller coaster of nonsense. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, my, my initial impression is simply, oh my God, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so- the donuts and the shaving head and the space babes. Yeah, but- <laughs> But the donuts, <laughs> but the donuts, and the dub is even amazing because the the you know uh, the sound like they're from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch the dub is what I've been told a couple of times now. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty friggin' good. Well, it's going to be on the Arrow box set, so you're welcome, oh, America. Um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, that's, that's my, awesome. my my initial thoughts are that they're just like, man, this is a. This is this is peak in 
it's just peak 70s, it's peak 60s, 70s Gamera. It's peak Showa Gamera. Mm-hmm. Not even to say that it's the best Gamera movie from that era. Uh, I'm somewhere between Barugan and Gauss for that. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. same, same here, same here. Yeah. I'm glad to hear, though, that you don't have a contractual obligation <laughs> to just sing praises of every Gamera film. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I don't even think Kadokawa cares that much. <laughs> they're like, right. yeah, we, they're like, yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> we know. Just buy the stupid box set. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. And we embrace it. Right. We embrace it. Oh, we yeah. Know. Buy totally. the box set. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's go ahead and get into these awards then. So the first award we give out, and we're going to start with you, Alex, is the coolest character award. Who'd you have for your coolest character? It's got to be Florbella. I mean, <laughs> right. she she's so awesome. She kills her friend when they, she just has the chair fall on her leg. No. I mean, <laughs> you she's ruthless. She wants to eat brains. She'll feed you donuts if you're hungry. I'm. What's not the like? And uh, <laughs> my particular favorite moment of hers was when they take the teleporter all the way around <laughs> just to get back behind the kids. That's probably one of my favorite moments of the movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. We amazing. call that padding for time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my coolest character is Officer Con Condo. Mm-hmm. job. <laughs> yeah. Now, he, what I like about him <laughs> is he actually believes the kids. Like, he starts off as kind of like the kid's enemy, but then he comes around to believing the kids, but then he also thinks that it's just a little too ridiculous that Akio would have had his head shaven by aliens. He'll believe they went off in a spaceship, but he's not going to believe that aliens shaved Akio's head. (laughs) It's a fine line. So good. It's so good. Now, Matt... What about you? What was your coolest character? I mean, to be perfectly honest, y'all took my my choices, uh, which is fine because let's be honest, there's not a whole lot of characters in this movie. I mean, they, they got to stretch that budget somehow. But honestly, I I just I have a lot to say about Juron, not just as from a visual perspective, but just from a storytelling perspective. Mm. That character is immediately so interesting to me because you sit there and you're wondering like. Okay, is this thing biomechanical? Did they make it like this? Was this a native creature to yeah. planet Terra? And then did they augment it? What happened mm-hmm. to the society on top of that? Did Guron have something to do with that? It, it's just, <laughs> there's this, there's this, you just want to dig in. And also, he just looks so tired all the time. <laughs> like he can't be bothered. Oh, God, Space Gals again. All right, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, he's the he's the uncle of Kaiju. Say <laughs> he's very much like all right. I'm getting up. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. character just I know it's kind of an obvious choice because I love Corn Job, um, which for those who don't know, <laughs> Corn Job is what they call him on the MST3K version because the uh, the dub is so badly recorded that they say Konchan, which is like a, uh, a, a kind of a childish nickname that they give him, but. The the audio is so bad that the MSC3K guys call him Corn Job. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, and also, like, Florbella? Shave my head slower, baby. Um, <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm more of a Barbella fan, I think. <laughs> ah, 
Uh, there you well, go. Don't blame, me, voted, don't blame me. I voted. Don't blame me. I voted for Florbella. Um. <laughs> well, Matt, I'm glad we could agree on something with Eric yeah. over the Barbella camp. Disgusting, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Please, what are you a deviant? Um. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, Matt. What about your most memorable line award? Oh, why don't y'all go first? Because I okay, I wrote it down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. Uh, it's me, <laughs> <laughs> which is just it, it's it's exactly what you might see some kids say about <laughs> a monster yeah. completely Ooh. dismembering another <laughs> another monster. It's me, but it's only after it's revealed that Giron has a man's laugh. Like a man, a demon man's laugh. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is probably the biggest plot twist I've seen in a movie. Is just that the monster actually has a human-like laugh. So creepy. creepy. Mm, Yeah. That's great. What about my, you, Eric? My uh, yeah, my line was from Akio, and it was "grownups have no dreams." <laughs> if, if there's some sort, which is sad. It's really sad. Yeah, but if there's some sort of theme in this movie, it's kind of that, right? It's right. It's Akio, um, and Tom. They're the ones that have an imagination. And Tomoko, they have imagination. And none of the adults, with the exception of my coolest character, uh, Officer Kondo, none of them believe in these kids. Um, mm-hmm. And it isn't until, you know, and there was a moment where I thought maybe this was going to turn into one of those movies where uh, it was all just in the kids' imagination. Yeah. That's not what happened, you know. Yeah. What happened was, no, this actually did happen. They actually did drive a spaceship to planet Terra, face Giron, uh, witness Gamera, and come back, right? <laughs> and the adults had to believe them at the end, despite having no dreams. So my most memorable line was grownups have no dreams. <laughs> I, oh, God, man. it's so good. I, I, I have some actually like, we'll save it for later, but I have some rather complicated opinions about this movie with regards to the parents. Uh, oh, but, they're bad. They're the worst parents. Worst. Uh, oh, oh, guys, it goes so much deeper than that. Uh, <laughs> oh, but I'll, I'll get to that. I'll put a pin in that for now. Okay. <laughs> You have your most memorable line? Yeah, it's this recurring a world without war or traffic accidents. Um, <laughs> just, what? It's, what? It's, an odd, it's well, an odd standard. It's like one of these is not like the other. <laughs> well, well, and now, now, and to be perfectly honest, here's the thing. As an adult, you hear the line and you're like, oh man, that's, what does that even mean? That's so dumb. But as a kid, I totally got it. Like I totally oh, understood yeah. what he was saying because I'm like, yeah, war sucks. What 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 things suck? War suck. Mm. Traffic accidents suck. Because as a kid, especially a kid in like a in like a relatively safe country like Japan, or even to a relatively lesser extent America, um, you, you're not really super worried about war. You're more, right. but war is more like the first thing that comes to mind. And then you're thinking like, what's the next worst thing? Uh, traffic accidents. Cause that's something that could actually happen to me. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's just, it, it's such a, it's such a kid logic stream of consciousness line. Yes. That's yeah. why I appreciate it because this is a really a movie that runs on kid logic as most of these films do. Yeah. 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 This one no, runs no, that, on some good. kid logic. 
<laughs> oh, <are> you sure? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex, uh, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? You know, I'm going to bring it right back to Garon again. I mean, that laugh. It sold his... <laughs> <men> how <laughs> it's, It sells how, like, evil he is. Now, I, I was a little sad when the movie actually revealed that he was being controlled. Mm-hmm. Rather than the uh, acting of his own volition, because it makes him much more evil. Uh, if he's just like this guard dog that just slices and dices any silver <laughs> thing that comes its way. Uh, <laughs> I, so I, I, I just like that moment, though. It really establishes him as like this this uh, force to be reckoned with. Because honestly, Gamera's not really a force to be reckoned with in this movie. It, it's all Gearon's movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Oh geez, um, oh, I'm really tempted to go down my rabbit hole, but go the, go. Okay, go. I'm going down the rabbit hole. So <laughs> for me, it's it's just the moms. It's the two moms. <laughs> I gotta give it to both of them because they're so. It's not even that they're necessarily like the choices. The choices being made. They're so <laughs> mean, and they they're then mean. especially. Now, the, the American mom, I can see she's a little more put upon. I don't know if she's American, but the white mom is a little mm-hmm. more put upon. She's a little more like, uh, like uh, she's at least willing to go to the site where the spaceship was, yes. you know. But uh, Akio's mom, can I curse on this podcast? <laughs> go for it. Go for it. What a, what a rancid bitch. Like, just <laughs> so... <laughs> Just for no for no reason, and it is a bit of a stereotype because you know right. Japanese parents uh, in, in the stereotype is that Japanese parents tend to be very strict. But this ties into a broader theory I have that Noriaki Uwasa was working through some shit while he was making <laughs> these movies because there is a recurring thing with female figures of authority, usually moms or older sisters, who are mm-hmm. just. <laughs> There's always something. It's just I'm just sitting here thinking like, Yuasa. Well, he's dead, but uh, you. <laughs> sorry. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Super sweet guy. Rest in peace. But Yuasa, you need you need to talk. Do you need to talk about something? Do we need to talk? You sit out. Like have a beer. Let's 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 hash this out, yes. man. Because it sounds like you're dealing with something. Yeah, I mean he ma- he makes the he makes the younger sister a really interesting and cool character. But right. you're right. Yeah. It's these older female characters. He's like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't trust anyone over uh, 30, especially a woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. That's a good transition, actually, to my Can't Believe the Acting Award, which was Tomoko, who was played by Miyuki Akiyama. And she is the younger sister. Um Honestly, I was impressed with her throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was believable. She believed in her brother and um, his friend. And she tried her best to convince anybody that would listen that they had actually left in a spaceship. No one believed her, but she was always convincing in her role. And I thought she was really, of the three kid actors, I thought she uh, was the best of those three. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. <laughs> might be right she, on that one. Well, she's just she actually does play this role of real desperation because mm-hmm. she knows that like 
something happened and I don't have the emotional maturity to deal with this. Can somebody <laughs> please parent me? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a good choice. Yeah. I actually really like that. Yeah, yeah. I do too. The, uh, the standout effect award is our next one. Um, Matt, how about we start with you for standout effect? Honestly, uh, I mean, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of good ones here. I mean, Guron himself is just a hell of an effect. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I got to say, just the whole set, this, this, anytime there's a wide shot of the set, of the, mm-hmm. the Planet Terror set, it's like something out of a Sid and Marty Croft TV show. Like it's something you would expect to, or, or like old Star Trek, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's just, they said, screw it. We're going to make a city on an alien planet and everything is going to take place on this set. <laughs> And, no. <laughs> you know, I got to give them props. It meant that location shooting was, well, that's probably why all their location shooting was out in the middle of nowhere and some uh, in some suburb of Tokyo where they, it was probably cheaper to film. But yeah. I got to say, I love Planet Terra. It's very unique yeah. among kaiju movies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they get their mileage out of that set for, mm-hmm. in that movie, but they do it in a really good way. I, I, I'm impressed with this movie more so than the previous one with how it used its limited budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Eric? Um, mine, well, mine's a silly choice. <laughs> it just struck me. And it is the cool space girl blaster shaver that they used to shave oh. Akio's head. <laughs> that thing is like a straight up uh, cartoon movie blaster, except on the end of it, it's a shaver. <laughs> so, but if I had that thing pointed at me, I would definitely be intimidated. Unless it was pointed at me by Barbella, of course. Oh, there you go. Oh, I like the way you think. Uh, that's oh, that's that's so good. It's so good because yeah. yeah, it's like, isn't it? I'm trying to remember the scene specifically. Isn't that? Doesn't it look like a laser gun, and then it turns out to be yes. a shaver? Like it's almost like a bait yes. switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you don't expect it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she, she could shave my head anytime. <laughs> uh, so I actually, with my award, I actually took this literal as the most standout effect, not necessarily good. Uh, and the, the one I'll remember forever is the camera gymnastics on the bar, mm-hmm. where he's just swinging around. It is done so poorly because <laughs> Cameron doesn't move at all. He's a he's a static toy, pretty much stuck on this thing, just twirling about. And it, it also doesn't make sense because Cameron can fly. Why does it, why did mm-hmm. he have to grab this thing, <laughs> swing himself back? But <laughs> I, I'm, maybe I'm digging too much uh, into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's to create the most memorable meme of the movie. Alex. <laughs> How many times have you seen that online? That's true. It's good. I, I had no idea what, which movie it was from until we watched this. I was like, thank God. Yeah. Exactly. I, I remembered seeing that scene as a kid when I first saw this movie and thinking, my God, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could see myself thinking that when I was little, for sure. Yeah. If I saw yeah, that. I mean, when you're a kid, you're just entertained. You're just like, this is amazing. This is a gymnastics turtle. Um, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> What's not to like about a gymnastics turtle? (laughs) All right. Last award. And that's the, oh, that's a good shot award. Alex, let's start with you. Yeah, I actually went with an actual good shot on this one. It's the little girl (laughs) that's praying in the field where Mm. the spaceship used to be. And it's, it's, 
a ways away we get a we get to see the scope of the field and her she's looking really small in the field and she's praying out there it, it's just it's a really cool shot for a not quite cool movie <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's once like, again oh. to me- <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean i guess this movie is literally cool because it's on an ice planet but <laughs> Uh, soon we'll be boxed in by glaciers it's just the way she says it in the dub is glaciers Uh, sorry please go ahead yeah about tomoko yeah i was just saying once again like that that scene and that shot is sold because of tomoko Mm -hmm. yes um but you know alex might oh that's a good shot award it happens at the end uh a little bit after that and it's the bird's eye point of view shot where we see gamera the ship and the kids all in one like over the top shot. And I love that shot because it just shows perspective and it shows the size of each of these things. Um, and we didn't get a ton of, of that in this movie. So I'm really glad we got that at the end. You just liked it because in the background I was going, Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, are, are y'all, uh, Matt, are you, what about you? Oh, um, I was just going to ask real quick. Are y'all familiar with what the Gamera lyrics for the song actually mean? No. It's <laughs> I mean, baby. I mean, it gives us the the uh, subtitles, but I don't know if there's if that's a bad translation. Well, no, oh, that's right. Well, no, the subtitles actually are like pretty accurate. It's basically a kind of a bunch of nonsense, and then they ramble a bunch of planets off, and so <laughs> it's like, what are you guys doing? Um, but hey, you know, it's catchy. Um, it is. It I is to, catchy. <laughs> I went to a Gamera. I went to a Gamera um, uh, exhibit, like a little mini museum exhibit. Uh, one of the last times I was in Tokyo. And they were playing that theme song uh, at the entrance when you walked in. And I was humming it all the way back to central Tokyo until my wife finally said, seriously, stop. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I'm sorry. You asked me a question, but I I think I blipped out for a second. What was the, what was the question? It was, what's your, oh, that's a good shot award. Oh, oh, um, it was uh, it was the it was the uh, uh, any any wide angle of the of the set. Oh wait, was that the was that my effect? Well, it could be both the set. Oh people. oh yeah. oh! You could I'm up. so sorry, I got them mixed up. So uh, to back so and my my good <laughs> shot was any 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 shot of the of the whole set because I love that set. Okay. Uh, okay. My effect my effect uh, choice was actually is that smoker paint is what I wrote it down as, which is. Um, when Gamera is bleeding out of his face underwater, <laughs> it's actually, you got to wonder like, okay, is that smoke or did they film an underwater Gamera prop, uh, and just mm. spill paint out of its, out of his face? It, it's, right. it's, I'm really curious about that. And as a kid, I remember thinking like, I was, I remember being like, I had a very visceral reaction to that. Cause I'm like, oh no, oh no. Oh, Gamera. He got his <laughs> face cut up. And it's a, it's very effective. So that's that's my choice there. But anyway, y- y'all please go ahead. No, no, that's a, that's a interesting though because it to me it looks like it's clearly not underwater. But when when the blood is like as you said the smoke coming off, I didn't even question that it was underwater. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and I think that that's a testament to even though the Gamera movies don't quite get the same. Um, they don't quite get the same accolades that the Toho Godzilla movies do, or even just Toho movies in general. They are still like, they are still guys making a movie and trying to do their the best job they can. And they're going to come mm-hmm. up with creative solutions for certain effects. 
And so I, I always appreciate that aspect. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've been consistently impressed by, a little less so in the last movie, but in, in all the rest of them, they've really made use of their budget to an extent that I don't think Toho could have done. Mm. And I've been pretty impressed by how they've been able to use these minimal budgets. Like, the, the first three movies look really great for having the yeah. lower budget that they do compared to Toho. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I like these better than Toho, but effects-wise, I'm impressed. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Except for, except for this movie, maybe. <laughs> In some uh, ways. But go ahead, Eric. Well, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and transition then into our rating and ranking. Now, we know that Matt has no contractual obligations to give this a five out of five. That's great. What would you give this uh, out of five, Matt? And where does it fall for you? Uh, kind of in your Gamera rankings? So out of five, I would maybe give it somewhere between... I got to be honest, I'd probably give it closer to maybe a two and a half, maybe mm-hmm. even okay. maybe even brushing up against a three. Hey, go for it, man. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'll, I think I'll add that last half point on there purely for nostalgia's sake. Um, but <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it, it still is... Most of its appeal comes from its very child child logic mentality, which you really have to you have to really kind of marinate in in order to fully appreciate, especially these older Gamera films, and especially the ones from the later part from the seventies. Um, so I can appreciate it on that level, but also you know, it, if I'm being totally honest, it's kind of meandery, and there's a bunch of starting and stopping because they're kind of doing Scooby Doo chases a lot which is a major problem that virus has, but y'all already talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and you get the impression though, that uh, these kids see it's one thing if it's an, a ship filled with aliens and they can't get control of two kids as opposed to <laughs> these last two survivors of some rate, uh, some race of alien space babes. And I can understand them having some difficulty with two precocious kids who are smarter than they look. Um, but yeah, uh, on the scale of the whole Gamera series, unfortunately, this is on the lower end. God help us. It isn't super monster, but it's, 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 um, which I feel so bad for Richard Pusateri because I stuck him with the commentary for super monster uh. on the Gamera box set. I did not envy him that task, but I guess we'll see when the set's out. Um, now, we, now we know who your least favorite person in the world is. <laughs> I love Richard. Richard made me love Godzilla's Revenge. He turned Godzilla's Revenge around for me. Wow. Um, I highly recommend his commentary track for Godzilla's Revenge on the Classic Media DVD release. Will he be able to do the same with Super Monster? No. <laughs> Just he told me. He told me straight up, like, no, I couldn't. <laughs> so it's in God's hands now. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, on the whole of the Super Monster series, I'm uh, sorry, Super Monster. Well, yeah, Gamera is a Super Monster. Out of the whole of the Gamera series, it's gonna rank. Uh, it's gonna be probably around like nine or ten. Like it's gonna be lower on the list, simply for the merit of there just being uh, four really truly excellent Gamera movies. Um, and then like two or three or two, I would say legitimately solid movies and then the rest. So 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I, I love them all on some level, but I also have to be honest. Okay, y'all go ahead. Right. No, right. All right, Eric, you tell me. Tell me what you did. What what's the okay. damage did you do this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, no damage, honestly, from me. I, I'll go ahead and say I, I agree with you, Matt. I'm right at a 2.5 out mm-hmm. of 5. And out of the films that we've seen so far in this series, this does fall um second to last so fourth Mm. right now currently on the list right after versus virus from last week um here i think the stock footage is actually used more effectively than it was last (sighs) week it actually serves a purpose um and it shows gamera how gamera in the past has saved children now the sets I i love the sets part of it felt like it was Maybe reused, like the spaceship felt like it was reused from last week, but Planet Terra was awesome. And once again, those battles are surprisingly violent, uh, as Garen turns out to be that ninja shark who wants to be a sushi chef, right? (laughs) Um, But overall, I appreciate, you know, what this film actually tries to say and how it explores that idea of imagination versus reality and kids versus adults. I thought that was interesting. And I also thought the characters, Akio, Tom, Tomoko, I thought they were all interesting in their own right. So this is a 2.5 out of 5 for me. I'm right there with you guys. Uh, well, I'm right there with you, Matt. I'm curious what you think, Alex. Is it above a 2.5 or below? I'm actually with Matt with that extra 0.5. For a, <laughs> I don't have the nostalgia's sake, but I actually gave this one a 3 out of 5, which I was... Uh, <laughs> Shocked because you know the, these films, especially after the first three, they really get a lot of hate, and maybe mm-hmm. it's benefiting from low expectations. But I don't really quite understand the hate that this gets. It's it's a fun and ridiculous in just about all the right ways. It, our prag- our protagonists are some of the dumbest kids I've ever seen in a movie, but also somewhat believable, and they make yeah. the movie way better because of it yeah. and Florbella and Barbella are well they're nice they're good aliens <laughs> <laughs> well they're, that's, really they're like that them. they're that beautifully specific brand of 60s it's, uh retro exactly. sci-fi 60s 70s retro sci-fi I mean one of my first crushes was Miss Nomikawa from Godzilla vs. Monster Zero and uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh god, you guys! I um, this is a quick si- <laughs> a quick sidebar. I I actually ran into a cosplayer at a at a Japanese convention earlier this year, um, who was dressed up as Miss Namikawa. I got a picture with her and sent it to my wife and said, "Hey, uh, by the way, I'm leaving you." And she wrote back and said, "Yeah, we had a good run." Um, <laughs> you can see the kind of relationship we have, but uh, yeah, awesome. anyway, anyway, no, I'm, I feel I feel you on that, man. I love yeah. me a '60s space, babe. Yeah, well, I just like that that whole era of sci-fi is just really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think the real standout of this film is the Frozen Planet. Mm. And Giron. Those two factors really elevate the movie for me. Like that it's a lot it's a lot of fun. And like I said, they really they really get some mileage out of that set in Giron because Gamera, he doesn't really show up in this one in terms of uh being interesting in a way I would like. I do like that he still gets hurt every movie. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this one, I think he's just a little too weak. But again, Giron makes up for his shortcomings. The film's a lot of fun, and you know this has the Gamera theme song not once but twice. So <laughs> three, I gotta give it a three out of five. And this actually, 
Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is actually my number two right now for where we are in the series. Wow! <laughs> right behind Gauss, which is my which is my favorite camera, and then it's uh, Baragon, Virus, and then the original camera. Mm. Is how I've got it ranked right now. I know. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but... And this has Barbella and Florbella. I can't do it wrong. <laughs> true, true. I cannot. I am really eager to go back and listen to y'all's episodes, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see what y'all think of uh, the other films <laughs> in the series. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because I I haven't seen really any of the Showa era movies. I have seen the Heisei trilogy, and then yeah. Eric hasn't seen any of them. Woo! Yeah. You're in for a <laughs> <Yeah>. treat. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't uh, wait for the Heisei films. Let's mm. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of God, uh, get me out of this! Get me out of this styrofoam nightmare. Um. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, it's been good so far. I, I think in general, I I've liked some of these films more than Alex has. Which yeah, is yeah, he liked the he liked yeah. the first two movies more than me for sure. I was not, not a big sure. fan of the original uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, that movie. I really recommend um, not just the MST3K commentary, but uh, I really recommend August Ragone's commentary of the original movie that's on the Shot Factory DVDs, and it's also going to be on the Arrow video uh, Blu-ray set. Um, Because uh, August does a really good job of pointing out how the character of... uh, He's Kenny in the dub, but he's Toshio? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Toshio. Toshio. And how he is just a lunatic... He's a complete yeah. lunatic, and he, <laughs> he serves no purpose in the film. No purpose. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was my, was my argument during I, that episode. Eric was like, no, Toshio is my favorite. <laughs> I got to go listen to y'all's episodes about that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as, as we wrap up here, Alex, do you have a rhyme for... Uh, Gamera versus Jiger next week? Uh, I'm going to in just a second because I kept thinking of the wrong movie as you corrected me on Twitter. I got you. (laughs) Mine is when Gamera hits the 70s, how will he defeat new enemies? Ooh. Oh, wow. You didn't even use Jiger in there, I didn't use Jiger. I didn't. I know it's rare. (laughs) It's because it's very hard, difficult, which... uh, All right, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, (laughs) okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so next week we got Gamera versus Jiger. If I don't like it, uh, you can call me a liger. <laughs> a li- liger. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Oh, it's so good. Oh, Matt, this man. Is Alex, Matt, this is what Alex does every week. Every week he comes up with it. a terrible rhyme. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I kind of want to take a stab at it myself. Were you able to think of it? Yeah, oh, go. Man, um, let me think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> Gamera, Gamera, the musical turtle. I don't know what these lyrics are. They make me want to hurl toll. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> well, that, that makes Alex proud. That makes Alex proud. <laughs> Ooh, I just pulled that, I just pulled that out of my shell. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, man. Hey, so where, where can people find you online? Do you have any awesome projects you want to tell people about that are coming up uh, in the near future? 
Uh, yeah, actually. Well, you guys can find me over uh, mattfrankart.net is my way, main website. It needs a little updating, but it's got links to a lot of my social media. Um, I've got a couple of products I'm working on, but uh, a lot of them are under NDA or really hush-hush right now, so I can't go too far into them. Uh, really hoping I can announce pretty soon about my follow-up to Redman the Kaiju Hunter, which was a comic I did volume three of late last year. And uh, hoping to do a follow-up uh, to that pretty soon. Um, outside of that, uh, the Gamera Blu-ray set, please buy that. Um, uh, beyond that, uh, nah, just be excellent to each other. And I, uh, I will definitely be making announcements in the future. Um, my Twitter is Spankzilla85, very tasteful. And my... <laughs> my uh, my Instagram is Mattzilla85. So yeah. Oh oh. That, uh, by the uh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to. I keep forgetting to mention. I have a podcast too. It's called the Gigantic Cast. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's on iTunes, and it's uh, you, you can get it through oneofus.net. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> Gigantic Cast at oneofus.net. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. Got it. Uh, well, thanks again, Matt, for joining us. Like this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being on. Oh yeah, this is a blast, yeah. dude. I I could not have been happier to be involved. Y'all are I I gotta tell you, y'all got good energy here. I'm gonna go back and listen to the to the backlog. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. We do. We appreciate <laughs> <Sure>. it. <laughs> um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at mvm underscore pod um, on Letterbox. We're Eric Neely and Alex Cornett. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at nvmpod.com. If you like, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try, try to, stay to stay alive. Uh-huh. Alive. Peace out. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> See you all. Show them chop up virus or uh, guy, yes. gauss. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is the only clip that I can show him. <laughs> he has to see chopped up gauss. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I mean, he systematically dismantles that. Yeah, man, that you, monster. You think the head's gonna be enough? Wing at a time, head, and then you're like, oh, the head's gone. But no, <laughs> he keeps going. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. It is great. There was a moment there during the movie where I was hoping that the uh, Barbarella, Florbella, and Barbarella would actually uh-huh. get that that brain juice out of that kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, Dude, that thing was scary. Was. I, I was shit ZC and she was terrified. <laughs> was she really? But she she was kind of aghast. Dude, this, that this movie was a could be scary. Movie. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting children's movie in that regard. It's like it doesn't. It doesn't like stoop down. You know what no, I mean? It's, it doesn't. It's interesting. It has no problem. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> not stooping now. And there was a lot less of them recapping what's happening. They still do it on occasion, but there's a lot less of it. Yeah. 